So I'm going to do a self-intro, then we get started. Uh, what's really going on, everybody? You may have not heard from me in a minute because we are on summer break. As you know, I'm Henry Woods. Uh, this is What's Really Going On podcast. Make sure you are following us, subscribe, liking, sharing, doing all that great stuff. Um, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are at WRGOPod on Instagram and Twitter, so make sure you check out those handles. Today, we have a really, really special guest, um, someone who's actually doing the groundwork that we like to like highlight. Uh, Zuri, you can kind of give us an introduction of yourself, and then we'll get into your organization. Okay, sure. Appreciate you having me on. Again, I'm Zuri Mabry. I'm the founder of Gentry Spot Incorporated, a 501c3, um, and I'm sure that we'll get into that a little later, uh, but I'm happy to be on. Right. Uh, so for those who might not know what a 501c3 is, that's just like nonprofit organization, um, typically doing the work for the service of the people. But you kind of make the organization under that umbrella so that you can qualify for grants and things of that nature. Correct. Correct. Yep. All right. So what about uh, Gender Spot? Like, what is that uh, for our viewers that may not be familiar yeah, so Gentry Spot is a nonprofit where we raise awareness uh, for the negative and positive effects of gentrification and what gentrification has on a city's ecosystem and the quality of life in a city. As we all know, gentr gentrification has become such a buzzword, but my nonprofit really brings awareness to both sides. Mm -hmm. We rarely see those positive sides because social media and other news outlets are bringing awareness and bringing news to individuals who have one been displaced or two who are not benefiting from gentrification. Mm -hmm. And with that statement, my 501c3 uh, mission is to bring awareness, but also bring forth focus groups and solution-oriented uh, data-backed solutions where to mitigate displacement and to make sure that if you grew up in your neighborhood and development moves in and gentrification moves in, we make sure that those residents are not forced to move out and not benefit from those uh, benefits. I so super love that for so many <laughs> reasons. Uh, I did like a project my somewhere in college about gentrification that was happening in DC because like for me, the DC that I knew is mm -hmm. totally no more. And then like when some of my, you know, fellow alum and like profiles or whatever would come to campus, they're like, this is totally different mm -hmm. than what like I experienced. So to your point, um, I think gentrification does have positives mm -hmm. and negatives, but because of like the media and you said a, a good word, buzzwords um, that are surrounded around or like associated, that's a better way of putting it, with gentrification, um, it's seemed to be negative. But I think us as Black people, if we know how to partake in that, we can benefit from it. And seemingly, Gentry Spot is kind of serving as that bridge, correct? Yes, we are that bridge. And you brought up a really good point. You have to know how to benefit from something that is seen as an invisible line. And I like to say that gentrification is like an invisible line that people don't see that's around their neighborhoods from the beginning. When development moves in, when developers are planning out these 
10-year, 20-year plans uh, to bring in new development. Unfortunately, Black people, we don't know that we can have that information for ourselves. We don't know where to go to receive that information. So Gentry Spot, we're serving as that conduit to bridge that gap between that knowledge of one to answer the question, well, where do I go to get the information so I can benefit from? And if I receive that information and I still cannot benefit from gentrification moving in my neighborhood, the second question should be, okay, now where can I go to receive that knowledge and receive that help? And our next step with Gentry Spot is to create those solutions, to create mm-hmm. where individuals can come and we partner with these, these developers and we partner and become consultants with these builders and developers to make sure that these residents are taken care of and not just pushed to the side and that they are able to benefit from gentrification and experience those positive effects of gentrification in their own neighborhood. And like you talked about, when you went back home that one time, when you go back home and you see that your neighborhood where you became who you are, where you went from a boy to a man, from a girl to a woman, it's like a part of your soul is gone because those memories that you have are are now gone. It's all about psychology. And now, Gentry Spot, we want to bridge that gap in so many ways and so many avenues to make sure that, you know, you you benefit from gentrification in your own neighborhood. That's that like 100 uh, percent where I want to kind of direct, because I think we've kind of spoke of some positives, but like being that you're more informed than I, uh, would you be able to kind of highlight some of those positives uh, or ways that we can maybe get involved or take advantage of? the development. Let's I want to kind of change the tone of the conversation okay. a little bit. Uh the development that's happening in let's say the fourth ward of Atlanta or 14th Street in DC or uh some of our listeners are up in New York and they they've experienced it way more than anybody, I feel like, you know. Um so how would, you know, an average black person who maybe has some type of education and a decent income maybe get involved in this because I'm living in uh Uncle Todd's old house and attempting to keep it up as much as I can. Yeah. So one, to answer that question, that's a good question. Everyone <coughs> is already involved in new developments and gentrification that moves in into, into their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's a good but sad part about it. You're involved without even asking to or be no. involved. Now, the second step to that is to know you're involved. And then the next question is now, where do I go or who do I connect with or collaborate with? to make sure that I'm not selling my grandma's house, you know, to make sure that I am making sure that I, that we're not in food deserts, that fresh markets and fresh food are moving into my neighborhood. Uh And it's not only fast food in a two, one mile radius, right? Mm -hmm. By foot, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Another question you can ask yourself is, you know, who is in this realm and in this industry already? whether that's working in urban development for your nine to five or a passion project on the side. Mm-hmm. People are involved and you have to speak up and ask those questions. So I will say to wrap up this uh, answer, one, you're already involved. The second question, the second answer would be, who can you collaborate with to see what is in your bandwidth and what you can do? It's all about what's in your bandwidth um, and where your knowledge is, but always be around people who are smarter than you. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And being smarter than you could be just being smarter 
in that industry of someone who mm-hmm. you know, might see it or read about it more than you do, but you can bring your expertise and you can bring your experience of living in a neighborhood. So many people don't understand we're so involved in politics without even asking that we know, we know more than what we think, right? You, you, ask your, mm-hmm, you ask your friend or your loved one's opinions on their neighborhood they have opinions. That's knowledge, right? You don't have to crack open a book and read word for word what's going on in your neighborhood all the time. You mm-hmm. can recollect what you've experienced and you can recollect what's not right. You mm-hmm. can recollect what needs to change. That's a conversation. Now mm-hmm. you just, next step would be contacting an organization like Gentry Spot, like other organizations that are, like you said, on the ground and uh, bringing those solutions together. So that's that's a little ways to get involved and to take that to the next step for you. Uh, I'm glad you answered like that because I kind of want to give an example before I pivot to like next question uh, because I have a friend who's a homeowner down in the fourth ward, actually near the West End in Atlanta. Um, and he isn't too familiar with the uh, like, I would say like handling everything like he compared to the average Joe, he's more informed, but he's not like, he doesn't know everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing that I admire about him is how you say like getting people around you that are smarter or more informed than you are on a specific topic. Um, He's consistently at like the uh, like community meetings. He goes to the city council meetings and like, I find that commendable because it's like, bro, like we're not that old, but yeah, you are, (laughs) you are old enough and that old to get involved and learn that language and like figure out, like you said, how to, let's say my neighbor and I have this constituent with the community. We can bring that to the politicians that represent us um, and advocate for whatever changes we're wanting to see. Um, And kind of to what you said, we're already inevitably involved before we even realize we realize when the development moves in mm-hmm. um and i think for our listeners uh if in case you have any tips on how we may become more knowledgeable outside of you know preparing ourselves or arming ourselves with more people around us but like how do we become more informed about the process before it starts so let's say um i don't know how to frame it but because I know these plants, let's say it's Cop City that's coming. That plan has been in place for five, 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So how can maybe the the regular person and the, the politician and the developer work together before we start displacing people or the people that want to be involved, uh, they, they kind of figure out too late? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. For that first question, okay. I want to, for, for your listeners, for sure, I feel like not, so many people who are listening would be that developer or politician, probably just yet, just assuming your audience. The first step is everybody has a phone, right? Mm-hmm. You There are master plans, as they call them, and CDPs online, mm-hmm. where these plans are created for urban development studies and urban development plans. The okay. If you live in Atlanta, if you know about Pont City Market, the Beltline, all of these were master planned and these plans were available online because most of them require public funding. So most of this information is online and that answers that question before we segue into this question of, you know, what's that next step? Where do you go? Look online. If you live in city, if you live in the city of Atlanta parameter and you would like to know developments that are coming before it's too late, 
hey, like go on to City of Atlanta website. You can contact your zoning department, city planning department, site right. development departments. All these departments are public funded departments that have individuals who work there nine to five um, who are seeing this information every day and can talk to it because it's public information. It's not private mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's that first step. If you want to get involved, if you want to know what's coming, if you want to reap those positive effects of gentrification and you have that cash flow to buy a house, look up the developments of where they're moving and you'll be able to move right on into that neighborhood. And you know, in 10 plus years, this development is coming and will be knocking on your door. See, thank you. Th thank you for that, me. Uh, I appreciate that because as a person who is interested in buying a home in Atlanta, those are things that I'm going to now consider or go look into before I buy my property um, because it, it's buying that black, the block, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and to that other coin of people who might not have that cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. We have to speak on both. Well, I like to speak on both of the coins. You might not have that cash flow, but you still want to be involved to make sure that you're not displaced. Again, looking online and contacting organizations like Gentry Spot and like change.org. Uh, change and there's so many that you can look up and contact to see how you can get involved in these focus groups that are, you know, curated. Like we cur curate focus groups and we invite developers and builders and seeing what's being built next and see, you know, different solutions that can be created and curated to make sure that residents have a voice. But when residents have a voice, you have to know when to speak up and how to speak up and have people around you who can speak that language uh, to make sure that solutions are in place to not displace um, those individuals in those neighborhoods. So to speak to that coin too, there are solutions out there. Um, you just kind of got to be eager and willing exactly. to put yourself out there and speak. Over. I, I I hear that, uh, and from the kind of what I know and speaking in this conversation, it sounds like like I know you're doing a lot of groundwork between like speaking to developers and like uh, mitigating situations to provide solutions for uh, the redevelopment that are happening in our communities. Uh, how would you say like Ginger Spot started with this process or wanted to get involved? What inspired you to like maybe you know, do this work because it's that this is change agent work. Um, to our late mm -hmm. Congressman John Lewis, you know that that's grounds I stand on. Uh, so I really commend the work you're doing. But I, I I'd like to know and my listeners to know um before we start talking about the event coming up, um, uh, because I'm pretty sure that's a a, a way that you kind of <laughs> provided the solution. But like, what has inspired this work for you, or what keeps you inspired to do yeah, this? Work? For sure. Well, first, God, you know, when you when you receive a vision um, from God or whoever you choose to um, have in your life, when I received a vision, you know, at first it was confusing. It was like, why? Why me? You know, why does he think that I'll be able to deliver and bring solutions? But when you're obedient and you follow that calling, you start to see that everything you need is within you. Um, to make that change. Um, the second it's is a more testimony. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> the second uh, is a more technical uh, answer. I was a construction engineer uh, for four years for a design build firm in Tampa, Florida, and I was physically boots 
in the ground, boots in the dirt every day, managing million dollar, multi-million dollar um, construction projects in neighborhoods where I would, I remember vividly, I was managing a construction project. I was standing physically on the site and across the street was some abandoned apartment buildings. Mm. And I remember the process of seeing those apartments being demolished. And the first thought in my mind was, where did those people have to go? All because I'm managing a multi-million dollar project <laughs> across you the took street. Personal. You know, I took I took that personal because now, even though I'm blessed to have this salary, I'm blessed to be on this coin of receiving all this knowledge of how to build buildings and bring in development into new neighborhoods. The other side of me is again asking that question, where did those people have to go? Why were they moved out? And then you start to research and you start to understand and you start to look for, I started to look for organizations or businesses that might have these answers and I couldn't find them, mm. right? But I, I saw it physically with my eyes as my project became successful, right? right? But when those projects move in, something has to change for the equity and property taxes to present so, uh, that return <laughs> on investment, right? Yeah. I learned that. I said, yo, something needs to be done. And I kept looking for those organizations and I got the vision to create Gentry Spot Incorporated. Um, and it's in the name, Spotting Gentrification. If you read it uh, backwards of spotting that gentrification and bringing solutions to that specific ecosystem to create and to sustain a quality of life as a result of gentrification. As an entrepreneur, I love that. I love your story. Oh my God, that's a beautiful, like that's really inspiring because I'm glad that it hit, touches home and it's something that you're genuinely, uh, personally, like just passionate about and you continue to do the work, which is how we kind of got here. Uh, rent is due. <laughs> we have hey. a coming up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So uh, could, do you want to tell uh, our listeners more about that? Maybe how it got started, some of the partnerships, uh, when is it, how do we get there and get tickets and get involved? Yeah, for sure. So Vail ATL and myself and my organization, Gentry Spot Incorporated, is partnering to bring Invisible Lines, Rent is Due, Block Party, and Music Showcase. The Block Party Invisible Lines is September 9th, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Peters Street Station, 333 Peters Street Southwest, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. This event came about by collaborating with a young lady by the name of Mia White with Vail ATL, which is a music production company. And she curates events and she uh, advocates for indie artists and basically is finding that new talent. Well, when we collaborated, she was speaking of how the ecosystem in Atlanta and we collaborated on really giving back to our community. So the block party uh, by Gentry Spot, um, but powered by Vail, uh, Invisible Lines is bringing awareness to all of the housing disparities and bringing awareness to gentrification in Atlanta and the effects that housing disparities and the effects of gentrification has on the ecosystem of Atlanta and the quality of life specifically in Atlanta. We have uh, guest speakers from the Atlanta Beltline Partnership, which will be speaking on a legacy retention housing program that is 
really on the grounds doing, uh, bringing a solution to what we were just speaking about um, earlier in this conversation of how to keep those legacy, how to retain those legacy residents in their homes as one, the Beltline brings new development. So mm-hmm. where do those residents go? So you can come out to the block party and hear about hear about real-time action and real-time solution. Uh, we also have another guest speaker, King Williams, who have been reporting, writing books, uh, and advocating, uh, and again, reporting on gentrification for 15 plus years. So we're going to have, as we were speaking of uh, earlier, you know, we're going to be around people who are smarter than us, who yeah, have been yeah. on the ground <laughs> working. <laughs> you see that connection uh, uh, in like the that. area of gentrification reporting and, you know, keeping residents where they are. And then following the block party would be a music showcase from seven to 10. And before I wrap this up, I want to speak on the name of the block party, Invisible Lines. I named the block party Invisible Lines because there are many invisible lines around our neighborhoods where we grow up, especially as Black children, where we don't understand or we can't even see or even know that there's an invisible line around our neighborhoods that a system has created around us. You might see a system as individuals who have who had to live in income-based housing or as we like to say, the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one example that mm-hmm. came to my mind, but those are invisible lines, right? Those invisible lines of you know knowing when to cross and when not to, and those invisible lines of almost like a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. invisible lines will be talked about um, such as gentrification, which is one invisible line. Um, and um, also, going by the name of redlining that was another uh, invisible line as well so uh-huh. we have so many invisible lines but at this block party we'll be touching on the invisible line of gentrification um, okay. so come on out again september 9th 2 p.m to 5 p.m at peter street station i was gonna make sure we said that real quick one more time um i'm super 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 appreciative of you sharing the, like i I gained some knowledge and tips. Uh, I'm definitely going to stop by Saturday, September 9th. Um, definitely going to stop by just to show more support. Uh, I'll definitely tell my friends and drop it in the group chats and all that great stuff. Uh, can you tell our listeners where we can follow, maybe uh, support your organization, Ginger Spot, even more, um, or just stay in contact? Yeah, for sure. Again, my uh, name is Zuri Mabry. Uh, Zuri Mabry uh, on all platforms, Instagram, Um and you can follow Gentry Spot, G-E-N-T-R-I-S-P-O-T on Instagram as well, where you'll be receiving updates um, going forward. For sure. Uh, again, us at really what's really going on, AWRGO pod at, across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Fox, all the, all the podcast stuff. Uh, make sure you listen to this episode. We're going to be posting it live on YouTube, so definitely check us out. Um, yeah, thanks for it. Tuning in with us today, guys.